you have everything you need within yourself to be super successful if you choose to be. And all you have to do is choose it. What's shaking? Welcome back to the All In Podcast with Rick Jordan. Today, my guest is Jana Short. Jana, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. I'm really excited too, because you're looking at best holistic life. And you know what? Life with COVID has kind of sucked this year, hasn't it? For a lot of people. It's been a pretty bad year. <laughs> yeah, a really, really bad year. You see all the memes that are out there. You know, even the, the funniest one that I watched this morning was uh, about like, like this montage of Biden sniffing everybody. You know, and it was one of the, the most funniest things that I could have ever seen, just eating my pancakes in the morning. It's what I do every morning. It's my traditional thing. So we'll dive into this on the holistic life. But let me give you my morning routine, because my assistant, Dan, always tells me, no matter what, on your days when you're batching podcasts, you have to do your routine, man. You cannot stay out late. You cannot drink a lot the night before. You have to get up and you have to get up. Eat your breakfast like you do. Then I always work out right after. Then I always shower right after that. Then I'm eating like a protein snack immediately. And then I'm in here right in front of you. That's what I do pretty much every single day. So, Do you have a morning routine that's helped you through COVID? I do. And I do the same thing too, because it really isn't any different. It's just the same day, different, different thing going on on it. But I absolutely do. I do what I call gratitude in the morning. So I give up at like a half hour earlier than I would normally do. And I reach out to people on my social media, people who are just liking, not even commenting to just tell them, have a great day. You've got this. We're getting through this together. And thanks so much for showing up on my page and giving all the love. But I do that. I do meditation and yoga in the morning. Every Well, yoga, not every morning, every four days. But um, I do it every single morning and it keeps me charged for sure. That's awesome. You, you talk about going on social media in the mornings. I typically do the same too. But most of mine is kind of consuming and then interacting a little bit. But you're saying that you actually kind of dive in and engage with people too. How did you become a global influencer in health and wellness? I actually stumbled into it by quite by accident. I literally started a new career in my 50s and I knew nothing about social media. I still don't. It makes my head go boom every time a new app comes out. But I started relaying my story of my holistic journey on social media just as a venting, basically, but I showed up every day as my authentic self and it just started growing and I started connecting with people. And so I kind of love it now. And I think it's so important that we realize that everything's online now, right? Because of COVID, we're all online, building our businesses, reaching out, but we're not taking that time to put that hand out and say, hi, I am and introducing ourselves and start building that relationship. It's just, I feel like it's just become a sales mosh pit in there. <laughs> That's great. I, I know that tragedy sometimes can also breed a choice in life. You know, I had a, a problem, which is, I think, similar to yours maybe, but it sounds like yours, and I want to get into that a little bit. My tragedy was a gangrenous gallbladder, a dead organ. And at that point in my life, it caused me to make a choice. Am I going to just grieve that the rest of my life and not move on with things and just say, oh, my life sucks? Or am I actually going to try to push ahead with everything I possibly can? Because I feel that people can get stuck in the tragedy, you know, even when you recover from it, if it's a physical thing like I had, like maybe you had, but they still can get stuck in that. 
and say, oh, this was just what I had to go through. And then they just kind of carry that through the rest of their life and it holds them down. But there's a choice in that moment. Would you agree? 100%. So I did have something a little similar. I had um, a surgery to fix a hiatal hernia, which most people get those and they live with them just fine, but mine twisted. And when it twists, the blood flow doesn't go to it. So what happens is they need to remove it so that it doesn't die and dehiss in you and cause you to be septic. And what happened is they damaged my vagus nerve, which is what helps your body digest food, right? It's like the brain of your stomach. And it was paralyzed. So I didn't realize that I wasn't um, able to digest food for almost a year. And I kept getting fatter and fatter, right? And people would say, congratulations on your new baby. And I'd be like, thank you, I'm 50. <laughs> so I appreciate that you think I can still have kids, but I'm not pregnant. <laughs> you took that and as a positive. You took, so <laughs> most people would think that, well, you, I'm not pregnant. You think I am pregnant. You're calling me fat. But you're thinking, oh my gosh, thank you for thinking that I look young enough. You know, and that's a choice that I'm talking about, right? Even in the midst of a tragedy exactly. or, or in the middle of something, you still have a choice. You still have a mindset that you can choose either A or B, mindset A, mindset B, and say, you know what? I'm either going to take this as a sucky moment, which it most likely is, just like COVID 2020 sucky moments. Or you could say during this tragedy in my life, I can take something out of this and find the positivity and find everything else and find what my future may hold and draw a line in the sand and saying the past is done. I can move forward. 100% Rick. Here's the thing. You can feel all those negative, bad feelings. It's okay. If you lose someone to, to grieve, it's okay. If you're given a bad diagnosis to say that, why me, you know, it's just not okay to live there. You don't want to live in that space. And so I tell people all the time, I never grew my stomach back. And yet uh, here I am 10 years later, thriving. It was the best decade of my life. And so I'm kind of grateful for it. But you do not have to live in whatever diagnosis you're given, whatever's going on in your life. It's just a brief moment in your life and you don't have to live in that space. It's okay to go through it. But remember, that's not the space that you want to live in for sure. Yeah. How can someone's mindset, and I'm curious, because like, I've given my perception here now, how can someone's mindset change a person's business life or personal situation? You know, I mean, I'm talking real applicable things here. What happens when somebody has a mindset that's good or bad? So you, your mind is really a beautiful, brilliant piece of equipment in your body. And it doesn't know any different. Its only job is to keep you alive. Don't touch the fire, right? Don't walk in front of a moving vehicle. Its job is to keep you alive. It doesn't know any different. So I literally create these beautiful blueprints of what I see happening in my life. I saw me living and creating memories with my grandkids. And here I am doing that when I was told that wasn't a possibility. And so you create these beautiful blueprints in your mind by putting messages all over your house, telling you where you're going. Your brain sees it and it immediately starts moving towards it. Doesn't know that there's obstacles, right? Doesn't know that it's a challenge. Doesn't know somebody's told you no, because you created this beautiful blueprint. So just huh. flipping that little switch in your mind will make incredible changes in the way that you proceed through life. So these blueprints, I'm sure you're familiar with vision boards and a lot of people will mm -hmm. use those, right? To actually visualize what they want their future to be when they draw that line in the sand. You're talking about putting things around your house. Is that something like a, a healthy habit you know, for even people during COVID who work from home or something like that that they can do to get out of this funk? Is there other things that they can do also? 
I definitely think it's a good habit to start putting messages to yourself. Like self-love for me is really important. I hear all the time, I've got kids, I can't be selfish. There, Self-love is the best thing you can do for anyone that you're, you love and you're taking care of. And putting those messages out that you've got this, keep going, we're going to achieve this, we're going here, we're doing this. Your brain kind of picks them up every day without you even realizing it, seeing it. And all of a sudden it starts moving towards it. So absolutely putting their messages all over my mirrors or it's all over the house. And it might be a little crazy for people walking in my house, but it works for me. And I love those positive messages. You're talking about self-love. That's a, that's kind of a Pandora's box. And maybe we'll unpack it a little bit here because it, self-love for some people can be a very difficult thing because you know, maybe they, they've had some tragedies in their life or they, they carry guilt from some scenarios you know, and, and the little messages are great. You know, I might play devil's advocate here a little bit because if it was me, right. And I was looking at a message and I was trying to get over some kind of guilt or something like that. I'd see a message. I'd probably crumble that thing up and throw it in the trash or maybe light on a fire, you know, just because it, it's just something that might even remind me of that scenario. You know, so self-love can be an issue for a lot of people. I, I know that, you know, I've even been in that funk myself at some point, you know, in a mode of regret. And I've had to pull myself out of that kind of mindset. For me, th- it was just more of a, you know, what, it's kind of a turn on a dime, realizing that the past is the past. And when I was really, really sick, it only took me about three weeks because I felt like I did it to myself because I, I dropped weight. I did it the wrong way. And I pretty much killed my gallbladder. Even though I was just doing nutrition, it was pretty much a starvation diet. And then in this process, I ended up putting through my family through like eight months of hell. You know, that's the regret and the guilt that I had. But coming out of that, it was like, you know what? It took three weeks and it really did about saying, you know what? I'm not going to be the victim anymore. I'm done playing the role of the victim because I was victimizing myself. I was throwing these feelings onto myself and that was like the light bulb. So I understand that notes can help in all of those things, but what maybe the notes for me could be something to keep me in that good state, but what can help people to completely change their mindset on a dime and focus in a positive direction? You know what? That's really difficult because I don't know that you can change your mindset on a dime. I definitely think you can be aware of that negative talk maybe in your head. Here's the thing. You really do have everything you need to be successful in life. You don't need a better computer. You don't need more funding. You you have everything you need within yourself to be super successful if you choose to be. And all you have to do is choose it. And so you may think that the the notes sometimes are kind of silly. And sometimes that's me though. That's only me. You know, so yeah, uh, but sometimes we're not ready to receive those messages. I bet now if you saw a positive message, you were having a bad, bad day because your mindset's a little different, you'd be receiving that message and it's okay. You may not be able to receive that message, but your mind is, your mind is subliminally taking in those messages and moving you towards that way. So a mother can say to a child, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. And you grow up thinking you're the ugliest person in the world because of something one person might've said to you. And all you can do is focus in on that one little piece, no matter how much support you got, but in your mind, it's subliminally picking up those, those positive things. And you have no control over that, whether you're taking a negative or taking in positive, it's a choice for you. I choose to put those positive things around because I believe that it changes my mindset, gets me moving. And I don't even realize it's happening because I am ready to receive those messages because I didn't, I choose to not die. And I wanted life and every single, I had somebody recently just call me and I'm going to touch on a little bit of mental health. 
but recently just called me, told me they were gonna take a bottle of pills. They were so depressed over a boyfriend, right? Who was leaving them and they were going to end their life. This is a mother with kids. And I was so, first of all, mindset coaches, you should know better. You don't work with people with a mental illness, right? Mindset is completely different than someone who has the challenge of mental health. Sure. You're talking a a, a chemical problem that's in the brain and that's not something that really a coach can help. Although- one hundred percent for sure. And, uh, you know, there's uh, during the stuff that I was going through, they were trying to throw antidepressants on me in this. And I took them for two days and I had the side effects of actually throwing me into like almost like weird anger. You know, so I chose not to take them. And I feel that you can also through mindset, you can change your brain's chemistry back to where it should be through ha- through reinforcing those behaviors and those positive mindset shifts. But you're right, because that was something that I did myself. A coach would not have been able to help me through that. I don't no. believe that anyways. I really feel like you should stay in your lane. But when I discussed this with this girl who was threatening to kill herself, and this is a very well-educated girl. She, I mean, she had value, She, but she felt like she had no self-worth because all of her self-worth was attached to one person, right? This one person was making her happy or making her feel like she had life. You have that within yourself. To, if you're not hearing the, your husband, your specific other, whoever that is saying you're beautiful, get up and say it to yourself. Why are you waiting for someone to validate who you are? Get up and say, dang, you're beautiful today. You, you're going to do amazing things. Look out, world, get out of my way. Why are you waiting for another person to validate who you are? You should be doing that to yourself. And maybe those little notes are a little way of you validating that you're incredible. You can do anything. I really believe that we are capable of doing anything. I mean, if you would have said a hundred years ago, we were going to the moon, people would laugh at you because you were barely getting in vehicles, right? But we can do anything that we really put our minds to. And we just decide this is what we're going to do. I decided I was going to live. And it was against all odds to this day. How am I here with no stomach? How am I absorbing nutrients? How am I not surviving, thriving in my lifestyle? Because my brain doesn't know any different. This is what I told it we were doing. <laughs> That's great. So the, the notes, I'm, I'm like stuck on these notes for some crazy reason, right? <laughs> Does it help if maybe like someone in your support system can leave the notes for you? Because I, 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 you like resonated what I said back to where now you're right. The notes help me. It would help me, you know, and even if it's like a text message, which to me is kind of in the form of a note too from somebody that, that's in a support system or something. Or you know what? I'll even message myself sometimes on Slack internally and be like, hey, you kind of crushed it today, you know, just to remind myself that that's the case. So I get what you're saying, you know, but when I was in that that funk, I don't know if the notes, because my mind wasn't there, I don't know if the notes would help. So that's why I'm asking, would it help if somebody else in your circle left little notes for you? You know, even it, maybe yeah. it's at work, maybe it's at home, whatever. Does that help? No, you need to do it yourself. Because it's you sending yourself a message of the future, right? Uh, if someone says you're going to be um, showing up doing your podcast and it's going to explode and they put that note up, it's not the same as you saying, I am going to create this incredible thing and telling yourself that I'm in, I'm all in and there's my note to prove it, right? I'm sticking that note on my mirror and I, my brain's going to see it even though I'm not even paying attention and our brain... I don't even know if people realize this, but our brain takes in thousands of smells, colors, textures, at everything we're looking at, but it's only capable of remembering a very small amount. Otherwise, our brains would explode. And so when your brain is taking in all of this stuff, that message on your mirror every morning, it's taking that in and it's moving towards it because it thinks that that's the map. That's where we're supposed to go. I see it every morning. 
And that's where we're going. It's kind of the law of attraction, right? What you put out there is what you draw to you. That's interesting. The notes, uh, it's it's funny because I had somebody try to do this and I knew where this was going and I knew you would say no too. When I dropped the weight, <laughs> how I was talking about before, it was a couple that I was friends with and I had posted a before and after pic of me. The before had a shirt on because, you know, who wants to take their shirt off when you're like super obese? The after was shirtless, you know, and I looked pretty good. So I'm, I posted, I was proud of myself posting on social media. I'm talking, this was like seven years ago. And then I found out because this couple was a friend of mine, the dude sent me a picture and said, look what my wife put on my bathroom mirror, on the bathroom mirror. It was my shirtless photo on the bathroom mirror because he was large and said, hey, I'll call him Joe. Hey, Joe, look at Rick. You can do this too. How is that going to help? That's probably not going to help much. <laughs> exactly. Because now what's going through his head? It's like, what, what are you doing? Do you, want, do you want to go after Rick or something like that? Why are you putting shirtless pics of another dude that I know in my bathroom and telling me that I'm fat? Well, I would be curious to know what you used in your weight loss journey and your fitness journey, because how many people are like, oh, I went on that diet and it didn't work. I went on that. I've been on millions of diets. It didn't work. It's all mindset. Any diet will work for you once you make that decision to do something different with your life, do something different for your body. It 100%, any diet will work. They all work. It's kind of literally calories in, calories out sort of thing for 99% of the people. Once you make that shift in your mind that I am doing this, nothing's stopping me, any diet will work for you. Am I correct? Like what was your inspiration when you decided this is, I'm doing this, it's happening today. And you went forward with it, maybe not always in the healthiest way because you had a problem like from doing it, as you say, the incorrect way, there are correct ways. There's no magic pill that's gonna drop a hundred pounds or 50 pounds off you overnight. Yeah, you're, you're dead on and it is simplistic math. If you're burning more than what you're taking in, you're gonna drop weight. It's really simplistic. What I did that was bad is I went extremely low fat in addition to the low calories. So there's still a base amount of fat that you need. This is what I discovered afterwards because your gallbladder is like a store. It's a storage reservoir for bile. So when you eat fats, it squirts that extra concentrated bile out into your small intestine. And that's how it contracts and everything. And it sort of keeps it working out because I was eating so low fat. My gallbladder was not active. It wasn't needed to do what it was supposed to do. And everything just got stagnant in there. And the thing just died because it wasn't being used. The, but what I did is I stuck to between 1,300 to 1,500 calories, and I was 280 pounds. So just like doing nothing, I would burn something around 2,800 calories a day if I was completely sedentary. So you take that into, into the math, right? And that's a, really around 1,000 calories a day at the minimum that was my deficit. And fat, see, I educated myself too. That's one of the other differences too is I actually looked into this rather than saying I'm going to follow a diet – I said, no, this really is a mindset shift because I'm just going to learn what proper nutrition is. And that's what I went into. Even though I screwed up on the fat thing, I figured pretty much everything else out, which is one reason why I've maintained now. And uh, I mean, it's been almost eight years at this point. I'm never going to be that dude again because it wasn't a diet. Diets, like you're saying, how every diet works, it's sort of the same thing like I say when I say diets are stupid. You know, but they're only stupid because you're going into it saying this is a diet, which is like a temporary state. It isn't a permanent change in life where you're saying, I like how you say it, you know, you chose not to die. I also say I chose to live. That was really the deciding factor for me as I wanted to be around. 
You know, because going back into my childhood, I lost my dad when I was 16. My dad's parents had a divorce and my dad never saw his dad when he was 16. I'm like, you know what? Whatever I can control, I'm going to control in order for me to be around because I don't want my kids going through the same thing. I want to be able to live life with everybody that I care about. And that was the mindset shift. And to do that, you can't carry 80 extra pounds. It's impossible to run through life with 80 extra pounds and expect that you're going to be healthy for those that are around you. That was the mindset shift. So it, it didn't matter about diet or anything else. And on the 30th day too, it's like I rewarded myself. It's like I'm going 30 days, but on the 30th day, I went to a Brazilian steakhouse and I chowed down a bunch of meat just because I wanted to. That's what I love to do before. I love to, you know, I didn't really have an issue with portions per se, but I really wanted to dive into just something that was kind of rewarding. And I still have a sweet tooth. Oh my God, do I have a sweet tooth. My daughter's in a cr crazy good baker too. And I just had cake pops last night. I still eat sweets. You know, maybe that's why I don't have a six pack because carbs are life. I don't know. But I still, that's part of living too, isn't it? Is enjoying right. things in life. It's not that I don't follow, a, I can say that I don't follow a diet, but I follow nutrition. And the premise of the nutrition is I'm just going to live healthy. That was the shift in my mind. Well, first of all, the word diet just means what we put in our mouth. <laughs> That's it. Isn't that I don't know great? how all of a sudden commercialized <laughs> it got to be all these different diets to help you lose weight or help you gain weight or help government. you build muscle. <laughs> government. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. The food pyramid. The, diet. the stupid yeah. food pyramid. That's where the word diet came from in that connotation, isn't it? I believe so. Yes. <laughs> I think so. But the difference between you and a million other people going, you had that mindset shift. And that mindset is truly why you've been able to maintain it for eight years, because otherwise you just go back into old habits and you just stop caring. And it's like, Oh, tomorrow people ask me all the time why I weigh myself every day. I'm like, because I'd rather lose two pounds than lose 40. And so I literally <laughs> keep on track by health wise. I literally go scale every oh, morning and it usually is the same, but if I gained yeah. two or three pounds because the holiday and I went and ate too much, I'd rather lose two or three pounds and wait till it's 20 or 30 pounds to have to lose. You just like triggered something in my head because we we have the holidays coming up, right? And when this post will probably be deep into the holiday season, which is likely, uh, do you have, but we're just coming out of COVID too, you know, well, not coming out of it, but the, the, the first stretch, if you want to call it that. And I'm sure you've heard of like the quarantine 15, that stupid phrase yes. that's going around. Great. You know what? I wish people would stop saying that phrase because that phrase is just a freaking excuse. You know, it almost labels it as saying, oh, yeah, it was OK for me to gain 15 pounds. Look, I was stuck at home. I was working from home. I was out of my nor normal rhythm. Suck it up. Please suck it up. And that's the straight truth, because now we're going into the holidays. And what's it going to be? Oh, it's the holidays. So I put on more weight because of the holidays. You know, oh, I just went through the, the quarantine and now I'm going to the holidays. That's why. But 2021, I'm going to get after it. And then all of a sudden, hey, what happens if spring comes? And now there's more lockdowns because there's a fourth wave or some stupid crap like that. You know, this is everyone's in this mindset mindset of mediocrity and laziness because they, they don't want to take responsibility or ownership for their own health and happiness. What tips do you have going through all this for people to care for themselves during this? Because we've still got more months to go with people at home. 
Yeah, I think that um, 2021 should be your year of accountability because the buck stops here, right? It's very true. You are responsible for your own choices, good choices, bad choices. It's all within you to make those changes. And so stop making excuses. If you, if you, I don't, by the way, there's no such thing as failure where I'm concerned. It's feedback, right? Um, You tell yourself, I'm going to go, I'm on this great diet. I've lost 20 pounds and I'm going to go eat. I know we keep talking about diet. This actually is about everything in your life. It's just really easy to draw that picture when we talk about diet. It's one of the most but visual lose, things. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you see you every lose day. 20 pounds and you, you go out and you're like, well, I'm going to splurge. And then that binge becomes a week binge and a two week binge and you never get back on it. And you think you failed, but you didn't fail. You got feedback. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> I can't do that. Right. I want to live. I want to have birthday cake on my birthday. I want to eat the delicious foods. I only get at Thanksgiving. You can, you do it in moderation. You start making that plan ahead, right? You just said my favorite word, my very favorite word that has ever (laughs) existed on this planet, moderation. That is literally what guides my life through everything that I do because you cannot overindulge in anything, but it's okay pretty much to do everything as long as you don't indulge in anything. Right. Have your birthday cake if you're in the middle of a diet, but no, I'm having a piece of birthday cake. That's it. I'm not drinking all the other stuff with it or having all the other good things. Moderation is a good, except for you can never be give moderation when it comes to giving love, right? You just keep giving it because that's what comes back to you. So that's the only place I don't want to see you using moderation. Like, oop, I gave out too much love already this week. So <laughs> I'm cutting myself off. <laughs> so you just keep that doesn't compute. Re- yeah. I but uh, <laughs> ironically, that's actually kind of like a sad truth for some people is they're, they're doing to get, they're doing to receive, right? Because they're saying, Oh, I'm going to give out this much love, but what am I going to get back? Or this person didn't reciprocate this for me today. So you know what? That's okay. I'm just going to pull back a little bit more. And then that throws them into a bad mindset too, which then can affect everything else. I really believe that you have to get to receive those. So what you put out there comes back. You just can't expect it because life will disappoint you. So if you're not expecting it and all of a sudden you get something back from something you put out into the world wow, that's just a bonus, right? But if I'm expecting and it doesn't come, where it's like, when is this coming? I expect them to do this. You're going to be disappointed a lot. (laughs) For sure. Now, there's a concept of like eliminating versus accepting, right? And what do you do to encourage people in the right direction with that? Because there, there probably is a right and a wrong in every single situation, whether it's eliminating or accepting. What would you say to that? Um, I, I would tell you, always trust your gut when you're going into something like it's always telling you the truth. When, when I talk about people's health, my body broke down pretty badly, but I had that intuitive feeling. Something's not right, right? Your body has this intuitive feeling and I now lean into that intuitive feeling 100%. But I had first, I had the intuitive feeling. Something's not right. I know my body. I've lived in it all my life. Something's different. And instead of acting on it, cause I was busy, I waited till there were symptoms. And then the symptoms, I excuse them away, right? Like what, why am I gaining all this weight in my stomach? You know, why does every time I eat, it feels like I'm being poisoned. And I, by the way, I come from a family of doctors. My husband's a doctor. Like I know better, but I pushed it aside because I was busy. Life was in, you know, I was an interior designer. I had tons of clients. I was super busy and I didn't have time to slow down. And then it broke. 
<laughs> then something happened that became so chronic that it changed the whole path of my life. Today, I'm grateful for that change. I'm so ex- I'm I'm just ecstatic over the process that I went through to get me here today, and I accept that. But you don't have to go through that process if you just listen to that intuitiveness. So when something illuminating is when the doctor has an X-ray or blood test says, "Here's your cancer results," right? And I feel like that intuitively, you knew something was wrong. Why aren't you reacting on it? I have so many women who find out they have breast cancer. They knew something was wrong or they didn't. They walk out of their doctor's office and they're like, something isn't right. They're not getting it. They're not hearing me. They're not. And they get a diagnosis much later and it's too late for them to do something. So if intuitively your body's telling you something's wrong or you're working with someone or building on something and something like there's red flags coming up listen to them, step back and, and listen to your intuitive self. It's there for a reason. A lot of people say, I have no intuitive. I don't, I don't know what that is. That's woohoo. If you're a mom and your kid walks in and they're not feeling well, you see it immediately in their face. You're like, what's wrong? Are you not feeling well? You're filling their head, you know, making them soup. Um, and if you're a mom, you're intuitive to so many, when my kids lied, I had four children. And when something happened, I already knew which one did it. And when they were lying, you saw those little telltales, right? Cause you know them so well. And you know, even though you go through the whole thing to try to get them to tell the truth, you already know, like you're lying to me. <laughs> sure. I would <laughs> so even expand that to any parent because I, exactly. well, I, I, okay. Preface it. Any involved parents, any parent that chooses to pay attention for their kids. I know even when my kids were infants, I learned what their cries meant because there's different yeah. cries. You know, and I knew if they were hungry, if they were tired, if they were just mad at something, if they're sibling, because I had twins, right? It, it, I knew exactly what they were doing, even when they were two years old or four years old. I knew what their facial expressions meant in those moments, you know, and I could almost like read their minds exactly what you're saying. You know, it's a, as long as you're an involved parent, you're going to know what's going on. You're going to have intuition. I almost feel like that's inbred, like you're saying, in moms and dads, any parent that's involved to have some kind of intuition. But what does it involve, really? This is relationships too. It isn't just kids. If you freaking pay attention to other people, you know, and stop focusing things inward on yourself all the time and expecting this, this like feedback or whatever it is. And that's the only reason why you do things. You're going to be able to notice things in other people. You know, I'll tell you a little secret that it's going to change your world, right? You cannot fix anybody, no matter how, even your children, whoever it is you love, no matter how hard you work, you cannot fix them. The only person that you can actually fix is yourself. That's the only one you have control over, right? You can give them all the best advice. I know parents who are great parents and their kids became drug addicts, right? They got hooked in a bad crowd. They started drugs. It's not the parents' fault and they can't fix them. For some reason, that's just their journey in life, right? That's where they're going. Where I don't know where they're going to end up. Hopefully on the other side, helping out other people and that experience is what they needed. But you can only fix yourself. So stop trying to fix that person you bring in a relationship, right? He's perfect. I'm so in love. If he would only not, I'll fix that. <laughs> You're not going to fix it. You're going to get me the going on person. that example for real because it lets... <laughs> Okay, maybe this, I don't know if this is where we end before we get into too much of a discussion. I don't know. <laughs> With parents, and you know, if your kids go out and do some weird stuff, kids are just going to do weird stuff. Yeah, but you're saying like a drug addict or something like that. Where does the parent's ownership of responsibility stop? Where's that threshold to where you say, hey, I didn't provide the right environment for my kid. I didn't raise them the right way. I didn't spend enough time with them. It crossing over into, well, this is just what they have to go through. This is their journey. Where's that line? So I have seen parents that have four or five kids, right? 
and only one took the wrong path, right? And I don't even know that's the wrong path. They took a different journey because I've met people who were alcoholics, who were abusive to spouses, that that journey, they needed that to be on the other end because now they're the voice of that person. And speaking out like, you can get help, you can do this, you can recognize that. And so if they had not gone through that, they wouldn't be able to be where they're at. If you had not gone through your weight loss journey and you're, you're scared, you wouldn't be able to be that voice going out and say, Hey, you got to do this oh, the right sure. way. Well, my you're parents didn't do that for me. I didn't go through that because my parents taught me wrong. As a parent, we literally have to keep our kids alive, give them love so that they know they're loved, give them shelter and food, but they have to make those choices. Here's the mistake parents make. They don't want to give their kids the consequences of those choices. So if you choose to do this, these are the consequences and go ahead, but those are the consequences and let them experience a consequence or two instead of as a parent, we want to protect our kids. Let we them want to bump come their in head, let them fall off the yes. playground. Yeah. Yeah. My mom told me a million times she would bake every year um, at Thanksgiving, these big pies. And every year I'd be going, sticking my finger the minute it came out of the pot. And one day she said, go ahead, Janet, touch it. After years of saying, don't touch it, it's hot. I burnt the crap out of myself and I was nowhere near the oven after that. I never went near the oven when those pies came out. <laughs> that was my kids too. And now there's all the cool, I mean, my kids aren't that old. They're 13, you know, I'm sure cool touch ovens existed at that point, but Hey, I was broke. I didn't have a cool touch oven. Okay. <laughs> so my kids learned the way of, Ooh, hot, hot. I swear that was one of their first five words was hot because they figured out right away. That, oh, this is, this thing is hot. I probably shouldn't touch this thing, you know, and no kid, I, you know, at least that I know, maybe it's happened, you know, and I shouldn't do a blanket statement like that, but I don't think unless they have some weird, like lack of sensation in their hand that a kid's going to keep their hand on the oven when it's hot, no. but the, they're going to pull it back and cry and be upset yeah, that they touched it right on. So for the most part, from a parenting perspective, you know, think of the hot oven as a metaphor, if they're going to do something and they're going to screw up. Unless there's some like deep thing that maybe the parent caused because it was abuse or something like that or something weird happened in their life, they're going to course correct. It's just going to happen. From a parental perspective, you cannot overprotect your kids. You have to let them fall. You have to let them push forward in life and make their own choices to succeed or to fail. And that's the only way that sometimes they're going to learn. Because if they're anything like me, I had to find things out for myself. I, I know I was that kid. You know, I was the kid who snuck out of the house. Mom, if you're listening, you don't even know this, right? But now she does. I was the kid who snuck out of the house. I was the kid that went over to a friend's house when his mom would go out and we would be out till four and five o'clock in the morning and I'd be out partying when I was just 12 and 13 years old. I was that kid. I found out the consequences to things like that because of things that I would run into. And guess what I did? I course corrected because it was, oh, that's hot. I'm not going to touch that anymore. Rick, as a parent, you know, the hardest thing for a parent to do, even with someone just that you love, maybe not your children, is to watch them fail, watch them fall and stand back and let them do that. So I don't know if you know who um, I think his name is Kyle Maynard. He was born as an amputee, had no arms, no legs. And one day while his mom, his mother and grandmother were his caretakers. And one day when they were feeding him at the table, and I think he was probably eight or nine at the time, his dad looked up and got mad and slammed his fist down, and said, stop feeding him. Stop doing that. He'll either figure it out or he'll starve. And I remember Kyle saying, I was afraid that maybe my dad was going to let me starve. But he learned this, this guy climbed Mount, is it Mount Kilimanjaro? 
with no arms and no legs. He played high school football and was good at it. He played high school wrestling. He had no arms and no legs. He never let that stop him because his mom and grandmother stood back and I could just see it. My heart as a mother was like, you see them struggling to get a piece of food in their mouth and you just want to help. But they had to stand back and let him struggle and fail and struggle and fail and struggle and fail, even though it's feedback, right? And figure it out. And now he says, the only thing he can't do is buttons. <laughs> That's it. That's it. The only thing he can't do is buttons. He's, he's figured everything else out, but buttons. And I don't know, by the time he's finished with his life's journey, I'm pretty sure he will, but I could, I know I could not climb um, that Mount For sure. Kilimanjaro. I know I couldn't. There's he the accepting no and the eliminating, play. right? Maybe you can accept yes. that, that buttons are not my thing. So I'm just going to eliminate those from my life completely. And that's okay. I'm good with t-shirts, yeah. right? Let's just move on. Yeah. Let's just move on. But that's awesome. His, his mom and his grandmother sitting back and just watching him struggle through this whole thing. Yeah. And had they not done that, he would have been dependent on people his whole life. He would not have learned those skills on his own. For sure. Jana, everyone can find you at uh, Best Holistic Life on Instagram, right? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Go follow Jana because she's just a beacon of positivity. And I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. And anything you want to leave anybody with today, leave them with one thing. Go for it. Um, I believe there's hope in the world everywhere. If you have breath in you, you still have hope. So if you're feeling hopeless right now, reach out. There's, there's hope in this world. Beautiful. Thanks for coming. Thank you. What's shaking? Thank you for joining me on the All In Podcast. Click the subscribe button and smash that bell for notifications. Text me, 312-535-8520. Follow me on social media, at Mr. Rick Jordan. See you next episode. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.